Hello and welcome to Three Friends in a Book. My name is Holly and as always I am joined by my friends. First up we have Janine. Hi Janine. Hi Holly. <laughs> and then Caroline. What's up? How are y'all today? Just peachy. Pensive. <laughs> Pensive? You're thoughtful today? Well good because we're about to talk about a book. All right, so we are back. We're coming at you with another podcast. This is our second one this month. What, what? It does feel like we've done this recently. I know. us reading some books. So what we do around here is we read books, and we like to talk about them. And we keep in mind the quote by Hannah Arendt that says, The things of the world become more human for us only when we can discuss them with our fellows. We humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it. And in the course of speaking of it, we learn to be human. And this week we read Unsheltered by Barbara Kingsolver. Janine, of the three of us here, you love her the most. Well, I don't, I don't, sure, but... I've I only mean, read one other book by Barbara. You told me you read The Bean Trees. You gave me The Bean Trees to read, but I don't think I did. Oh my gosh. True confessions. I have to say... I've read The Poison Bible a couple times. You should read The Bean Trees. You would like it. Okay. I think I still have it, the copy that you gave me. I buy it when I find it used so I can give it out. I mean, it's not for everybody in it, and it's not her... It is it is an early, you know, her first real fiction and uh, her first fiction novel. Um, and so I wouldn't say it's her best writing, and mm-hmm. but, but what, it, it spoke to me at a special time. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask why, and you just told me why. Mm-hmm. Okay. She talked a lot about that when I saw her. Um, so part Sorry. of her unsheltered book tour brought her to Nashville, and I went to see her um, in conversation with Ann Patchett. How was that? It was great. So there were two parts of it. The first one was a lunch, and um, I got to meet her, and I shook her hand. Oh, wow. And um, said, you know, goofy stuff, but I knew <laughs> if I didn't, I didn't know what to say, but I knew if I didn't go say something, I'd regret it. And so now I have a giant list of things that I would have said instead. What did you say? Do you remember? I was just like, this is my friend Janet. And <laughs> we read The Bean Trees together in high school. And it was like the formation of our friendship, blah, 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 blah. And Janet has all these connections. She's a writer and she copy edited one of the Bellwether Prize books. And so I, what I wish I had done is push the conversation to she and Janet. But Janet was being really quiet and not ready to speak. And so I was just blathering until I just kind of walked away um and then that night she did a reading oh well not really she she actually read some poetry that night um, oh she didn't read from the book you know I was trying to think back she might have read a little bit from the book but I think really what she read was poetry and I, I don't I don't remember her reading from the book she talked about the book and gave a synopsis of the book she definitely has an elevator speech that she would give about the book um but mostly it was she and Ann Patchett in conversation. Okay. And then she read some poetry because her, she has a book of poetry coming out fairly soon, I think. And um, in the New York Times, at the beginning of the New York Times book review, there's always a um, a section called By the Book where 
it's just a bunch of questions, same kind of questions they ask different authors over and over. And so the week that Unsheltered came out, they interviewed her. And one of the things she's they always ask is, what's on your nightstand? And she's listing a bunch of things. And then she says um, that she has like Mary Oliver and Wendell Berry and um, says, because poetry before sleep is essential, like flossing the word loving parts of the brain. Oh. And she said that at lunch, too. And it's um, I just think that's beautiful. That's, that is nice. Who thinks like that? That's just <laughs> that's just the thing about her. Right. So there's the, there's that aspect where she can just craft something like that that's so true and, and beautiful. And then there's sort of like this kind of caustic, sarcastic funny kind of wit that comes out every now maybe a dry humor mm-hmm. almost I don't know and I think Willa had that in the book a bunch and, and she seems to have that when she speaks in person too um, and so I enjoy that but, but so yeah it was great to um, get to see her in person and hear about this book and she also mentioned that um, Poisonwood Bible is being made into a mini series oh um, dear. Some, she couldn't say which premium network it was mm-hmm. if it's going to be netflix or hbo or what but that's coming and that i think that's super exciting oh okay why do you make a face caroline i don't know i don't know how i feel about that but we'll see okay Great, great books that I love. I generally don't love when they make them into movies. Okay. She said they'd been trying to make this into a movie for a while, but they couldn't get it short enough. So now, and she is doing the screenwriting for it, which that's I think good. Is- oh, okay, that makes a big difference. Yeah. I feel like, and and right, it couldn't. It's better to be this way, so they can do however many shows they need to get the whole story told. Yeah, you know, correctly. Right, but would it will it be like? Um, What's the Leanne Moriarty? Big Little Lies. It will be like Big Little Lies, and suddenly there'll be like a Poisonwood Bible season two. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. That's why it's just too much. It's not even that I will mind it. I'll probably enjoy it. But, you know, some things I just like them in my head. I just like them in my head. (laughs) I like the characters in my head the way they are to me. Mm -hmm. And then once you see them, even if it's good, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, I don't know. It's true. I don't even remember the Poisonwood Bible. I remember liking it, but when did that come out? I think I read it in like the oh, late nineties. Ni- late nineties. I think I was in college when I read it the first time, and probably early two yeah. thousands when I read it again. So it's been it's been a while. I read it on the banks of the White River on a summer <laughs> vacation <laughs> when we were fishing with with uh, my husband's family, and uh, um, that's what I did. Like. Did you envision yourself there because you're on the banks of a river? So happy, (laughs) imagine myself throwing dynamite into the White River while they're out there fishing. I'm like, we can just throw some dynamite in there and get it. I got a faster way. (laughs) That's really funny. No, I didn't really think that. I know, but but we haven't been there back there in many, many years, and I have very fond memories of many of the early summers of um, when Greg and I were first married, going there with his parents and. No matter what all was happening, at the, just me sitting up against a, like the column on the little front yeah. porch, just reading, reading away. Oh, little Jenny. I want to go to there now. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take, go. Take me with you. Please go. <laughs> 
Oh. oh my gosh, there I have a lot of books I'd bring right now. Like I went through a phase a couple months ago where I wasn't really reading very much and now um I'm wanting to read all the time. There's so many things that I want to read. Okay. Well, let's talk about that in the end. Yeah. With our, our other section. You're out of order. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I wanted to ask her, Get but I thought we need to probably move on with Unsheltered. Well, we need, okay. we need to give Unsheltered its due, It's right? due, because yeah. we're eight minutes into this now, so let's, <laughs> okay. let's talk about Unsheltered. Talk about it. What were, y'all, your, what, what were y'all's impressions? I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the read. Enjoyed all the characters. Mm-hmm. I really love the all the botanical. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And f- like I, there's nothing about it I didn't like, and mm-hmm. I was very satisfied with the ending as well. All in all, two thumbs up, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> right, Eugenie? Yeah, I liked it very much. Um, I was thinking when you were reading our Hannah Arendt quote, mm-hmm. our Hannah Arendt quote. Um, uh, Hannah's Hannah. I have quote. a story about that. I'll tell at the end. Okay, remind me. And I'm thinking when you said the part about um, help us make sense of the world, whatever, yeah. like talk about yeah. what's happening in the world right now. This book is very much positioned mm-hmm. in what's happening in the world right now. And so I found it not to be an easy read, not because the sentences were complex or it was dense or anything like that, but because um, it w- hit a little too close yeah. to home. You know, a lot of a few of the reviews that I read said that we're starting to see a genre of fiction come out that addresses our political situation, economic situation that we have going on in America, like we read The Golden House and Salman Rushdie and what have you. And um, they were talking about Barbara Kingsolver, how she head-on hits it, never says our president's name, but like blatantly calls him out in her way that she she does. Um, but... Her, the way she did it was a little bit more direct than the other people have so far. Did you guys think that? And how she descri- how she like was almost what's the word I'm looking for? Pedantic is that a word that we sh- I should use? And how she would um, describe our political and economic and economic situation in our, in America and the divide between generations. She was really clear in that. For example. Um, they're in one scene, they're talking about, um, Nick, the grandfather who lives in the home mm-hmm. and is, um, how'd you describe Nick? Grumpy old man. Okay. He's or as, and, man. and Tig would describe him as someone who it realizes that his days are waning and he hasn't gotten what was promised That's to him it. yet. Yeah. That's the passage where, so Tig is, is being nice and sweet to him and helping him eat jello and things like that in the hospital and, um, Willa comes in and sees that and admires her daughter for being able to be so kind to this man who's generally not a nice person. And he's a flat out racist. He's a racist, a bigot, whatever, whatever. And um, this just goes to what you were saying. Do you mind if I read? Sure. She just said, Tig says to Willow when Willa says, how can you be so nice to him? And she says, Tig says, why do I let him rant like that? Well, I guess it's all just kind of fascinating. And then Willis says, if you say so, I sure don't get it. He loves this billionaire running for president who's never lifted a finger doing anything Nick would call yeah. work. Why is he like that guy? And Tig says, because rich white guys are supposed to be running the world. Papu thinks this dude must have put it 
put in the time and game the system to get his billions because that's how it works in America. So it's his turn to be president. What Papu can't stand is getting pushed out of the way by people he doesn't even think should be voting, never mind getting jobs yeah. or benefits or whatever. Um, and she says um, he thinks that they're cutting into line ahead of him. Yeah. How can black and brown people get to have nice stuff and be in charge of things or women, God forbid, when Papu didn't get his turn yet? And uh, yeah. and so the book is full of stuff like that in particularly in conversations between Tig and her mother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of kind of capturing the way I think a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people so going back to what I was saying that didn't like the book because of that. Like there, I read several reviews on 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 um, Goodreads who basically said, "We know that she's political. We know that we, she brings in her political and social views, but this was over the top." And so there are a lot of people who um, did not finish the book because of that. Maybe that there was less showing, more telling, yeah. kind of kind of yeah. going on. But um, it it felt natural to me the the those conversations, mm-hmm. and and there are certain things about it where I feel like. Tig ends up being the hero of the book, I think, mm-hmm. for I think sure. So too. And um, maybe we I, we didn't get enough of a sense earlier on about what what an outsider kind of outcast she was, because I think at the end we're supposed to realize this huge arc that she's had from mm-hmm. this, you know, kid who quit college and went to live in Cuba and um, didn't stay in touch with family and comes home with dreadlocks and you know I think we're supposed to see that as more lost than maybe I did when I was first reading it because then the arc to where she is the hero is a bigger deal mm-hmm. um, and so there there was a certain aspect of it where I thought well Tig is too good to be true but without Tig the hope goes out of the book without oh, for sure without Tig everyone's Helene and depressed and right. looking for the out right yeah i mean she helped i mean she jorge was that her boyfriend mm-hmm. i mean they held it all together without them the house would have fallen down a lot sooner what does she Nick say would have died sooner she says you just have to look for blue sky mm-hmm. like in the end that's the final that's the big that's the hope there yeah once it all falls down then like, you can see the sun it's unsheltered you know mm-hmm. if you're unsheltered then look for blue sky yeah so she's adapting she's she is the the creature Super that is adaptable. adapting mm-hmm. when everyone else is still trying to live cling yeah cling cling yeah we haven't even talked about the other so this book remember so going back to initial impressions i in the end like the book quite a bit but remember when I first texted you guys, like I was really into chapter one because it rotated all the odd chapters were Tig and her family and even chapters were set way back after the Civil War, right? Under, well, yeah. Was yeah. it decade, Grant the... Decade after the Civil War. The president. Um, <laughs> I texted y'all and said, I really don't want to read these even chapters. <laughs> I think the other, the interesting story is is Tig and, 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 and her family. But in the end, I ended up liking... Um, Thatcher and Mary Treat. I love that whole. When the beginning, story. it's not. Cl- it feels yes. like the story is going to be too much, like about Rose, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is his wife, and yeah. you don't want to read a book about her. Well, and I think too, wasn't it Janine who said last week, like when there are too many characters thrown at you at once, you just get confused. And there were several women who were living with him, with Thatcher, and I was like, who are these people? I cannot <laughs> tell who his wife, who is not his wife. But once it all played out, I really enjoyed that that story i kind of feel bad for polly yeah oh, I, I do too 
in the end because we don't know what happened with her i think we i think she is she tig she like she there's there's a lot of doubles i think she's kind of the the tig of the of that story but thatcher's belief for her what does he tell mary like she's gonna get some stallion yeah (laughs) and no but i didn't gross i didn't i didn't didn't, I guess I didn't think it like that's all she has to hope for. No, I think it means I think that it means it means that she's going to be able to like have her pick and that she can be choosy. Yeah, I think that's what that means too. Mm. Maybe I mean, I when I read it, I thought he was saying something positive because Rose, his wife, was just looking for not a stallion, but like a horse with money who can take care of I her wanted, i guess i wanted polly to be more like a merry treat and oh well, there's only one Mary what treat. i didn't love at the end was was that but it i mean it's the time it's appropriate for the time period so i'm not trying to be disagreeable but the still she her options are very limited oh yeah she can have her pick okay mm-hmm. well great and maybe one of them will run off with a suffragette and she'll get to live alone <laughs> Maybe if you pick correctly. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to believe in good for Polly. Me too. Yeah, I guess she gets to keep the dog. So happy about that. Mm-hmm. The two dogs. What were their names? I don't even Sil- remember. Scylla Sil- and Charybdis. Charybdis was that the Odyssey? That is the Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who Scylla. names them that? The family before them that they yeah. inherited, right, or something like that. But then it wasn't their dogs, right? Or no, the they dogs kind of came with the house, right? The dogs came. That's right. The dogs came with the house. But how were how were those names in the other story, the Tig story and in, in, in Willa? Those names were yeah. I don't remember me either. So <laughs> probably not important. Anyways, let's go on. Speaking of that, I have a theory. Oh, tell us that. The even chapters are what Willa eventually writes about. <gasps> um, that just gave me chills. <laughs> and and the reason I think it did. So You're mo- right. Most, I didn't think about that. Most of all is because sometimes the language repeats, and you'll hear something because the the Willa chapters are are they in first person or a close third? But we we hear Willa's thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so there's something that will either come out of her mouth or a phrase that's in her mind that Thatcher will say. Yeah, no, it's not first. Uh, it's not first person. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's just something that she says. Um. So actual word, words and phrases she uses actually happen. And then of course, yeah, the end of each chapter, mm-hmm. it the last word of the chapter it's the is beginning the, of the, the next. name of the next yeah. chapter. Um. But I but I like that like. I'm not exactly sure what it all means or how it works, but I think there's something to that in the um, something about choosing choosing the story. Like she is she, in she is telling a nonfiction story about them. Mm-hmm. Willa is, yeah, but it is still the story she chooses to tell. You know, there are different ways the story could have been told. Yeah. I like that. I do too. Janine. And it reflect. I mean, it really does reflect the conflict, the Thatcher conflict specifically, 
just parallels the same transition that she's watching happen yeah. in front of her. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so how are we going to, how will we adapt? Mm-hmm. Right? If it's Darwin. Right. Then, right. Do we evolve or do we not evolve? Yeah. Are we, you know, do we, are we adapt or we not adapt? The thing that is shocking to me is she's writing this story about these real people about Mary Treat and Landis and Caroth. Mm-hmm. And all of that really happened. Yeah. And she started the story before t- before the election of 2016 started ramping up. So this so this she this book took 6 years and so she started at say 2012, 2013. Okay. And so she gets to the whole point about someone who shoots another person on Main Street and yeah. gets away, gets with, away it. with it. Like, mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that she's working on the story, and then that happens in happened. real life. Yeah. That's, um, anyhow, that's, I think that's weird. Mm-hmm. You don't think she? You don't think she went back and added that some of that stuff in? I think she added some of that stuff back in, but you can't. Like, how did? I don't know. But that had already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the parallel. I didn't even think about it. Was uncanny. It, 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 yeah, I hadn't either. Really, that's what I was going to say, uncanny. <laughs> Were you? I really was. Mm-hmm. I got words. I know you do. Thanks. So history is just repeating itself, I guess. I well, mean, I, not all the way. But. I mean, it's the same story, though, that repeats itself. The same themes that play out. That you look at, and I think that's why I, maybe I like the other story a lot. But I was, I was more, I guess, as a history teacher, just really frustrated with Thatcher's situation and the forces that he was having to push against. Um, and it is, it's the same theme that, what was the, the principal's name? Doesn't even matter. Like his unwillingness to see what was happening right in front of him. Like here is the evidence. Here are the numbers. Here is scientific research. And I don't believe you. Well, and the thing that's so frustrating about that is the whole... I'm going to refute what you just said by talking about something completely different. Uh-huh. The way the way the conversations evolved uh-huh. in in those lectures when they're you know supposed to be having a discourse, yeah, it's it's just completely unfair. They're not talking about the same things, and the thing that worries, which is happening now, but in a lot of ways, the conversation is the same now. Like I don't feel. That we've moved very much beyond the same conversation yeah. they were having. It's just about a different top, different things. I kind of think it's a lot about the same things too. I, I think, and maybe it's some of the circles I run in. But I, I have <laughs> what kind of circles you running? People in my like there, there are people I know who who we have that discussion with. Oh, so, the Darwin, yeah, discussion. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Science. So Janine had this theory that most of the characters in the book had pairs. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, for example, let's start with Rose, Thatcher's wife, mm-hmm. and Zeke, Zeke, the widower in the modern story. We see them as pairs because, what, they're both kind of materialistic? Mm-hmm. 
I think so. They represent a certain kind of person striving for a certain kind of existence. Is that right? And even, um, and maybe even the way that Zeke pushed Helene to have a baby so that he could keep her is some somewhat similar to the, the way Rose would not push to keep Thatcher by any means, but, um, sort of, try and get her way maybe so i have two questions about that the first one is that was tig's theory about zeke do we do we know that do we i don't know that that's, and that's do we a, know that that's, that's definitely a theory mm-hmm. i had like when you said that i was like i don't know that had, was never had they talked about it like had that's the theory she gives her mom right that's yes. right but i can't right. remember if she said that they had had a conversation about that i can't I don't remember. think so because tig and zeke don't really talk I mean, she yeah. had been in Cuba. I feel like she had a reason why she thought that was the true story. Tig is very intuitive. Um, she's very, she is intuitive and she's awesome and all of that. But she, she at least initially, she's very quick to dismiss mm-hmm. people who don't have her same views. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really important part of her character too. And her evolution, the mm-hmm. evolution of her character. Um. And then my second story was, why does Rose marry Thatcher to begin with? Do we know? Do we know? They no. just appear and they're married and... Um, they're so incompatible. You're like, what? How did that, mm-hmm. how did that even happen? So he'd he been was, in the war. He, you know... Right. I forgot. I think I've forgotten a little bit of that detail. It's And it's Rose's mom's house. And it's Willa's aunt's house. Yes. Right? They inherited yeah, these houses. The same house, right? No. Not the same. Well, same right, land. Same, same land. land. Right, 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 right. Because Dunwitty tore yeah. down the house, the the man that Rose eventually married. Which is the bricks. Remarried. Which mm-hmm. is why we have the bricks. We have the bricks, yeah. But they made a lot of money off the bricks, so I was happy for them about mm-hmm. that. I like that. Yeah. And there's something about the whole idea of... Um, people finding value in old stuff and, and yes. wanting to rebuild with things that have been around a long time. Yes. Um, okay, so what's another pair? Who's Mary Treat's pair? Does she have a pair? I don't know. I don't think she does. I mean, it's not... Is it Tig? Is it Tig? That's what I was going to say. It's not Willa. I think it's Tig. If Tig had to have a pair, it would be... It'd have to be her. Or would it be Thatcher? I think Polly's kind of <gasps> Tig's pair. Hmm. Well, Polly has the possibility of being Tig's pair. Right. Because we never really, her story doesn't, we know that she supports Thatcher um, and his debates and his theories and his, you know, his, his beliefs, but we don't know what happens to her in the end. She doesn't speak too much. No, she doesn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe the pairs isn't doesn't play out super well. But um, oh, I like it. Well, Rose and Zeke for sure. I think that's a no. no well, if the stories are going to parallel. Then that I mean that makes sense, right? You've got your people clinging. You've got your kind of oblivious people, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got people clinging to old ways, and then you've got people pushing. Uh, are they pushing or just simply 
um, evolving, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. into the new and meeting rejection or from that. Um, I don't know. I like that. I, it works for me. Yeah. I liked thinking of it that way. So, uh, Iano and Willa evolve. Do they? Do they evolve? I think Willa does. I don't know if Iano. He's, he's always like, he's on, he's always on the outside, kind of looking in to me. Maybe he evolves in that where they end is no longer the chase for the next best thing. It's, this is the job I have. This is the best it's ever going to be. This is the apartment we're going to have now. And and that's okay. Maybe the that's okay part of it. Although we don't really get much from his perspective beyond how much he hated that flight. Like, we got a lot of that. No, we did. He really hated that flight. That kind of annoyed me, that part. You thought he... Just shut up mm. <laughs> about your flight. But he was he was talking mm. about the flight, so he didn't have to talk about his dad. Okay. I think. It's easier to talk about that. And I think, I don't know. Okay. I believe you. And Mary and... Thatcher live happily ever after in Florida on the swamp. Well, see, Thank I, don't, you. I don't think they live together, though, forever. I think oh. I, in my head, he goes off to the West and discovers new things. Okay. She needs her alone time. It's my theory. <laughs> well, I'm full I of know, theories today. But they hadn't been. I mean, it's true. It's true. She probably does. This brings up that brought up a question, though. When Willa is looking through some old papers of Mary Treats, right? There's some stuff from Utah that mm-hmm. comes up, and she can't understand where it came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that why you have that theory? Well, didn't he go west first and then go to Florida? He went to arrived. California. Yeah. We don't, like. I don't know that we have any evidence that he actually goes to Florida, do we? No. No. She. No. But I mean, come she on, says, y'all. Come visit. Come he visit goes Florida. to Florida, and he and, wants her. <laughs> and Utah is the west, so he has. Yes, they are from him. That so that's the, their correspondence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. The Utah threw me off because then he says California, but I know they're close, but still. <laughs> um. Uh. It's such a romantic. I think scene. clearly he goes to see her, and they enjoy one another on the swamp. <laughs> oh I think it's such a romantic scene no when doubt. she um when the, when they finally profess and she's like um do. You, do you feel like I'm your mother? And he was like, but which is sort of, okay. So does that get to the Antigone stuff? Is there a little bit of Sophocles coming in there? Because For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So he says that. And then like, she puts his hand on his vest, you know, like and there's something so romantic I about loved that. It. That's his the, head's in her lap. Uh-huh. It's precious. I know, but I envisioned them more of, of a mother son, but he's older. I mean, he was a decade older than, Rose. Rose, so he wasn't a kid. Like I was, because she was a kid, but she he was older than a lot older than she was. So you're right, yeah, dude. Now that I'm doing the math, I knew it. I knew it from the first time they you met. Did, you did, because he. It's the uh, was it the spiders building the yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that. <laughs> I knew it because of that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I like to think he went to see her and they, you know, evolved. 
together. Li- lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adapted their they, lives to one another. They just, you know, they just lived in the swamp and whatever. <laughs> you just like that they ended up in a swamp. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like one of her friends was giving her a house to stay in or something. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? So, Man, somebody else giving them another house? <laughs> what's the deal with the Navajo rug? Oh, so, those are super fancy. Super fancy, worth a lot of money. They just find it. She decides to give it to the historical society. So we haven't heard anything really about the West, except that they're from Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and so then all of a sudden... And they used to travel a lot before they had kids, and they yeah. enjoyed that a lot. How much do y'all think that thing's worth? So I'm looking on eBay right now. <laughs> is it is it something to do with, I mean, this is the obvious, I, I realize, but like just, I mean, there's not knowing the value of what you have, not mm, something yeah. about, right, because it gets stuck in an attic and it, it gets moved around, and so the whole time they're kind of destitute, they can barely pay their bills, there's this really precious thing among them, but yeah. they're, you know, they don't. It's been forgotten or overlooked or something like that. I wonder if I have um, anything like that. And it doesn't serve any use, really. Be- right. No, because you're not going to step on it. Decorative. Decorative. And so that's tricky, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. It's a good question. And kind of a strange. That scene I found very difficult. Like when they were going through all the stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh that was hard to read. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about all the things, mm-hmm. you know, all the little things that mean so much yeah. at the moment. But really, you know, you look back on them and they they mean nothing. And mm-hmm. you have this intense attachment to them, like in the moment. Yeah. But just all of that was hard. And should the, should you have that attachment or, or is that attachment unhealthy? Um, and yeah. all of that hitting right as where I am consuming all kinds of things for the holidays for my family and I'm buying so much stuff yeah. that it um, I, I felt guilty a little bit in some ways um, that was hard I also felt it was just hard reading it while literally their house is falling down and they would talk about the ceiling collapsing, water coming in, and they would just shut the door. Right. Like, I, like, but I guess they were just stuck. Like, they literally couldn't get out of it. And she was trying, Willow was trying so hard to find a solution, to find a way out of it. Like, that stressed me out, that they would just, and they kept moving the baby. Mm-hmm. Around. We haven't even talked about the baby and Tig. Oh. Tig's going to raise that baby. And she Tig. wouldn't have had a baby by herself because she knows what a carbon footprint that would oh, yeah. get for her. So this baby's already here, she mm-hmm. says. So she's going to raise she's this She's going to raise this baby. But that is so great. that like It is the scene between Willa and Tig where they're describing, where, she, where Willa's like, I'm going to talk to your brother. Mm-hmm. I will handle this. And she says, sometimes the thing that's right is a person. And Tig is like, and that's yeah. me. And... That was beautiful. And Willa says, yes, Mm -hmm. it's you. Like, very clearly, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Because Tig always had those really good three-liners. Like, three words. 
that always would. Three liners? No, three <laughs> words. Really good three words that would end a conversation or shut somebody down or say something beautiful. You know, I really, like I heard myself in some of those too. Like as much as I identified with Will, Willa, you know, I'm not tick by any stretch. But I heard some of the way I, the impatience I can have, especially when I'm talking to my dad. Yeah. You know, just in like assuming that he doesn't understand or that he, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've really been trying to check that, you know, even more. I think we're a lot kinder probably to a grandparent's generation. Uh-huh. Than we can be to to our parents, mm-hmm. even even though some of the reasons for the for the way the world is and the, what they believe is the same, it's just easier to take it from someone who's who's who was not responsible for the way you were raised, yeah. right? Which is maybe why she has more patience for Nick. Mm-hmm. Does yeah, and um, the. Just the her relationship with the man in Cuba was so interesting too that she in in one of those basically shared ride situations she meets a man turns out he's married has children mm-hmm. she has to leave um it's just it was just that was just a such a tiny little part of this book but it was really a big part of her story mm-hmm that made once she knew once willa knew that story about tig kind of changed the way that willa looked at her all right y'all any closing any closing thoughts have we covered everything we wanted to i mean i guess so okay <laughs> look, um, look for the blue sky look for the blue sky everybody so let's go around and talk a little bit about what we've been what else have we been digging what else have we been getting into janine well, I haven't gotten into a lot yet, but I, but I'm on the cusp because we're about to have a nice break. Um, so recently, I was well. One of the things I was super into recently was World War One stuff. Mm-hmm. So because I read um, All Quiet with Holly's history class, uh-huh. which I had never read before, and that got me into wanting to understand more about World War One, which I knew nothing about. Um, and so I listened to the first four hours oh of the gosh. Dan Carlin. Hardcore uh, history. Hardcore history. Um, the first four hours, which was one episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's something like something for Armageddon, yeah. set up for Armageddon or something like that. And it was great. I started listening to the second one, and it was very much about the Battle of Marne. Yeah. And I'd lost interest in the battle <laughs> talk. Flanks and stuff lost me. Um but so I was reading and reading and reading a lot about World War One. Um, but I also listened to the Slate Culture Gap Fest, and one of the things they were talking about is the HBO show called um, My Brilliant Friend. Oh, that's right, yeah. And that is a trilogy of books before it went to HBO before the show, and people who love the books love them violently. So I'm very, very interested in. Um, reading those so that I can watch the show then too. And then the last thing is a show I've been watching, but it's related to our next book. So I'm going to hold back on that. Okay. Carolyn, what you been doing? Well, I watched the most recent episode of the 100 okay. on Netflix. 
Did I say that last time? Yeah. Well, no, you just said you were into that show. Oh, well, I finished it. Highly recommend. And um, I'm just started reading. I went to the used bookstore and I got a bunch of books for break, but I went ahead and decided I was going to go ahead and start reading The Secret History because that's the book that the school is doing as a student teacher book read book read mm-hmm. and i've started it and it, um i think i think i'm gonna like it but it is a hard read um i'm interested to see where it's going yeah i told you i started it i think i almost finished it and i didn't it was a long time ago it might have been like four or five years ago maybe i, I should pick it back up i read it like what 16 years ago or something i i i can always imagine like the house i was in yeah that's how i try and time myself to i don't know i don't i I have no idea where it's going and all that good stuff but um i really liked it but then when i you know the goldfinch was very hard for me to get through and then i've tried to read the little friend another donna tart book and i've never made it all i've tried twice and gotten pretty far into it and abandoned it both times yeah well I'm and not making any promises, but yeah. I'm going to try. And you know, normally I'm a person, I'll start a book, I'm going to finish it. I was going to not. I just didn't. Um, there are a lot of deplorable characters. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm struggling with. What have I been doing? I've been reading Brene Brown's new book, Dare to Lead, which I enjoy, have enjoyed. It's a little bit repetitive from daring greatly there's a lot of like literally like all exact her passages so that's a little annoying um but overall i mean she's she's great i really like her and i've been reading normally i try to read a fiction and a non-fiction at the same time and kind of flip back and forth but i picked up michelle obama's book um and it is i think i'm halfway done with it and i've really enjoyed it so far she and barack's love story is so it's so sweet <laughs> and i learned a lot about her that i didn't know so, I found it quite enjoyable. I'm finding it quite enjoyable. I haven't really watched anything. I watched a Mission Impossible movie the other night. Oh, I watched Blockers. Have y'all seen oh, that movie? Yeah. I think I told you. I think I recommended it. Super inappropriate, but it's hilarious. So funny. I laughed till I cried. I laughed and cried. It's a good. It's a good one. I didn't la- laugh till I cried. I laughed and I cried mm-hmm. several times in the movie. It's so funny. It's funny. So, blockers. It's on HBO right now. So, uh, all right. What are we doing next, Janine? Well, um, this one comes to us straight from the NPR uh, Great American Read. And Caroline is like, we got to read this book because it was number two. And why was it number two? So, Outlander, the Outlander series, I guess, was voted the number two book in the nation just below To Kill a Mockingbird. Of course, I think that has a lot to do with how voting on those kinds of things work. I think that it had a very dedicated crew of like middle-aged women (laughs) who really liked the books who just were voting and voting and voting. But I love the show. I love the show more than I should. I hope it's not horrible, but we'll try one and see what happens. Okay. I think it's definitely. So it's a trilogy, right? I don't know how many series of books. I think it's, I think there's probably more than three. So we're going to read the first one. We're going to read the first one. Which they didn't have at the used bookstore. Okay. That one's titled Outlander. Outlander. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is where we're going. I just want to know, like, what's all the hype? 
I want to see how I feel. Yeah, I, I, I have started listening to it on audio, and I'm about, I don't know, six chapters in. It is exactly like the television show so far. And you love which, the television show. Which I think speaks Bodes very well. well of the television show. And what channel is that sh- television show on? Stars. Which you can... I wonder if I get that. If I don't did not get it anymore when we switched when we got rid when we cut cords and went to Hulu, but I added stars and like right now you can do it for three months. But there's like a month free and then like three months for five dollars. And I'll ha- I'm kind of hoping that this season ends. <laughs> with <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but okay. I don't know. All right, that's cool. I'm excited. I'm gonna. I may. I may need to go get that and then switch out for the. Uh, Secret oh, history. Lord, thank you. All right, team. That's what we're doing. Outlander. We'll see you later. Bye.